taking place right now is a huge fundamental shift in how business gets done. And they believe that digital is going to become absolutely overwhelming. It's going to dominate our life and it's all going to happen sooner rather than later. Episode 181, how to have more business opportunities than you'll ever want. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential with one point. Three eight million listens and downloads. You heard that right. We're growing every week. It's the Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. Jason, great to be with you today. Uh, Dale, it's great to be back with you. Excited. I had a marvelous week. So I have been studying mindset for the last couple of months. And when I saw the topic come across on what, what we're talking about today, I got really excited because it's an area of, uh, that I've purposefully, intentionally been working to grow in myself. And, uh, and really what we're talking about is mindset and business and the impact it has. And you've got a lot of great evidence to show for it. So let's dive right into this idea and creating more opportunity and, uh, you say that the top performing companies believe they have unlimited opportunities. Most firms, though, believe they have limited opportunities. How did you arrive at that? Okay. Uh, well, as you and I'm guess, uh, guessing any regular listener knows, uh, each year uh, I do somewhere between 800 and 1,000 interviews uh, in ter- getting ready for the customization of speeches. So that's uh, about 60 to 80 uh, high-level CEOs, business owners, and then another 800 to 1,000 uh, executives, entrepreneurs, other leaders within the organization. And uh, I always tell uh, everybody that uh, I love research, uh, I love writing books, I love doing speeches, but the favorite part of my job is actually getting to conduct these 800 to 1,000 interviews every year. And, and in fact, I hesitate to call them interviews uh, because that implies uh, rote questions being asked and, and responses being listened to. They're, they're more like free-form um, conversations. Uh, but one thing I've been noticing uh, this year is that uh, one of my questions, and, and you know it well, uh, once we've had a great conversation, I ask these leaders, uh, what's keeping you awake at night these days about your business? Uh, what, what are the challenges? Uh, what are the potential stumbling blocks? What could get in the way of your continuing to achieve your full economic potential? It's my favorite question. Then I just shut up and I listen and, and people talk. And uh, so this past week, uh, I, I was off the road, uh, mercifully, and I, I had probably 22 or 24 interviews getting ready for upcoming uh, speeches that I'll be doing. And, and these were like really great companies. And in response to the question, uh, what keeps you awake at night, uh, what I heard this week and what I've been hearing this year and uh, a pattern has been emerging is the response, what keeps me awake at night these days, uh, number one is people, uh, but equal with num- but equal with people is that we just have so many opportunities uh, that I'm not sure we're ever going to be able to take advantage of them. And that is so refreshing to hear somebody in business say, 
we have so many opportunities. And, I, and so I've been pondering this week, what is the difference uh, between companies that have believe they have unlimited opportunities and companies that uh, don't focus on uh, or don't have or don't believe they have unlimited opportunities. And so I started uh, in the last several days, I started making a list going back to review these 800 to 1,000 conversations that I've had this year. And I've come to one conclusion. And uh, and I'm not sure if you've heard me say this before, but it's and I can't provide attribution because I don't know who originally said it. Uh, there are about 25 people who claim credit for it. But I really believe luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. And the companies that have that believe they have unlimited opportunity are prepared to have unlimited opportunity. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to take you through um, what I believe the attributes of companies that believe they have unlimited opportunity are and and how they prepared themselves to take advantage of the opportunity. And then we'll talk about how anybody can replicate um, that model. Does that work for you? Let's dive right in. Okay. So I believe, uh, and, and, and this is going to sound strong, I really believe that a lot of business people and a lot of businesses are lazy, uh, which is why they don't believe they have a lot of opportunity. And uh, so here are the traits of, of companies that believe they have unlimited opportunities. Number one, they're growing. They all share that in common. They've got great growth. We're talking solid 7, 8, 9, 10% year-on-year growth. So because they're growing, they're not worrying, and they're being rewarded with the time to look at future opportunities because they're not dealing with one crisis after another, one problem after another, constantly reinventing the wheel. And, and how do they do this? Well, um, they've, they've got great sales organizations, and they understand that every business has to do two things. You've always got to be finding new customers, but you've always got to be growing uh, share of wallet of existing customers. And, and, and most businesses don't do a good job of this. So, number one, when you are growing, you're rewarded with time to look at future opportunities. That's number one, a trait that they have in common. Number two, this is exciting. Uh, I told you I did 22, 24 interviews this past week. Um, listen, I talked to a couple of old timers uh, in their 50s and early 60s, but I sure talked to a lot of members of the senior leadership teams at these companies who are in their early 30s. So they're all promoting young people. Uh, many members of the senior leadership teams at these firms are in their early 30s. To me, that is really exciting because these people come on, they're hard chargers, they think out of the box, they're challenging existing leadership, and that's, that's one of the greatest things you can have at any organization. Number three, they are constantly asking, what could we do or what could we become in five to 10 years? They don't have all the answers, but they are constantly asking the question. So while most companies are just struggling and getting by on a day-to-day operational basis and really not looking into the future, these companies are constantly asking and prodding because of all these young people, what could we do or what could we become in the next five to 10 years? Um, let's, let's go on to number four. They're committed, and this is a big one, they're committed to only doing things that are big enough 
to have a significant financial impact on the business and then make a series of small bets to see if it all makes sense. So uh, let me use two extremes here. Let me use a small business doing a million dollars a year and let me use a large company doing uh, $10 billion a year. So in a small company or a small firm doing a million dollars a year, um, th- why would you waste your time looking at something that's going to be a potential extra $100,000. I mean, why would you possibly do that? Uh, I mean, the cost of creating that extra $100,000, the cost of servicing that extra $100,000, it's, it's not going to make an impact at the end of the day. So in a, in a million-dollar company, you've really got to be looking at opportunity uh, that would be two or three or $400,000 a year, potentially. In the case of a $10 billion company, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Uh, they would not look... Uh, at doing something unless it was a potential billion dollars. And so so these companies are committed to only doing things that are big enough to have a sig- significant financial impact on the business. And then what they do is they start making a series of small bets as they move in that direction uh, to make sure it all pencils out before they fully scale it. Next, uh, and uh, I, I can't help but smile about this one uh, because it really sums up my year of conversations with people, they're all a little paranoid uh, about being disintermediated or being proven irrelevant. Uh, Because I've done a number of tech, uh, keynote at a number of tech events this year, and we'll be doing a number of tech events next year, and I've spent a fair amount of time in that space interviewing people, um, they know how fast it's going to happen. There is a commonly held belief that they're taking place right now is, is a huge fundamental shift in how business gets done. And they believe that digital is going to become absolutely overwhelming. I mean, it's going to not play a major role in our life. It's going to dominate our life and it's all going to happen sooner rather than later. I'll give you an example. I was talking to a woman this week and she said, you know, she said, I apt, and she's a big, high-ranking, powerful executive uh, at this company. She said, you know what I hate to do? She said, I don't have the patience to talk to customer service people on the telephone. She said, I don't have the patience to talk to a travel agent anymore. It's just so much easier to jump online and get it done. And she said, and that is, that's going to overwhelm us. She said, I believe customer service over the telephone uh, uh, or, or email is absolutely going to go away. So they're all a little paranoid about being disintermediated or proven irrelevant. Next, they all are constantly asking, where are we vulnerable? And every business does have vulnerabilities, and you've got to be constantly analyzing where are we vulnerable because you have to be set to replace where you're vulnerable with something else. Next, uh, they are all disciplined with capital and maintain healthy balance sheets because they're already successful. They move with urgency because they know the alarming speed with which everything is becoming digitized. And then they see the future in solutions because they know that solutions is where the money is. You do not want to be playing in a commodity game today, making pennies apiece or pennies apart or, or, or literally pennies on anything. Uh, margin, gross margin exists in solutions and adding value. And finally, they are all, I was struck this entire year, and particularly this week again, they are all fierce competitors. 
they are out to win. They are out to do well. They are out to make an impact. They are out to make change happen. Um, it was uh, an absolutely, one, it's been an exhilarating year to have these 800 to 1,000 conversations, but it was an exhilarating week uh, for me. So those are the traits, I think, um, that, that companies uh, who have a lot of opportunities have. And so you want to ask some questions? Yeah, I want to hit a couple of them. And just, uh, I think it's when you talked about being paranoid about proven irrelevant, uh, the conversation that I'm having is we either disrupt ourselves or we right. will be disrupted. Right. And it's a lot better to do it ourselves. And, it, and it's being open to that. Yes. And being open to the change that needs to take place. And then uh, just to illustrate the point about the executive who was didn't have the patience for customer service, we had a project this week. I had to get something printed, and I needed it done quick. And I went online to find the online company where I could upload the document, give them an address list, and they would just take care of it from there. Print, stuff, spray, mail. Yes. That's yes. what needed to happen. Pretty simple stuff. Yep. First, what I came to, um, I gave them, I think I gave them a total of three minutes and I was gone. Um, they wanted me to call into customer service right, and talk right, to a right. representative and get a special pricing. And I was like, you, you're not, you're making this hard for me to buy. I'm gone. So it's looking at our, it's looking at our business and saying, how can I make it easy for somebody to buy? And how can I get rid of roadblocks? to the purchase. Yep. 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 So now I think there are some steps to take. Uh, so if you want your firm, whatever size your company is, uh, to have more opportunities uh, than you can handle, uh, if you want to be a very lucky company, uh, well, you must be prepared in advance. So I, I suggest number one, your existing business has to systematize everything uh, you, you have to have the right product or service, a value proposition that's better than your competitors, and you have to have a sales system designed to constantly increase share of wallet and make sure it's all nailed down uh, because that's what's going to fund your future. What you're doing right now is going to fund your future. And I really think you should start seeing what you're doing right now as the funding source for who or what you're going to be in the future. Uh, number two, uh, every company. I, I don't care if you're a small restaurant. I don't care if you're a huge multi-billion dollar international. You have to institutionalize the asking of questions of everyone, of every one of your customers. What itches that we can possibly scratch? What's a pain point that we can make go away? What else can we do for you? What else is a problem for you? Uh, what else is causing pain? And you have to have a rigorous an informed system for asking these questions all the time, because that is where the bulk of your opportunities are to be found. And then you've got to create a small team of people whose task is to analyze everything that you collectively hear from your customers or, or what you hear from anyone and ask the questions. Is this potentially desirable enough uh, to undertake? Uh, do we have or can we find the capabilities to do it? And then you have to start making decisions and making some small bets. But you've got to be constantly asking, what can we look like in five or ten years? Or what can we be? Because you said it better than I. If you don't disrupt yourself, uh, you are going to be disrupted by somebody else. And you're going to be left in the dust. And you're going to be 
left wondering what in the hell just happened because you weren't prepared. Mm. So luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. Absolutely. And uh, this is this is a great point. We I just sent you a, an article out of the Harvard Business Review that I picked up and I thought this would make a great podcast uh, for the future to really dive into this idea that you you cover here in these last steps and it deals with curiosity and that H Harvard Business Review article talked about the power of curiosity in business and how we have to foster it in people. And you go straight to the point that that it's uh, if you're if you're really going to grab a hold of the opportunity out there, you've got to be asking the questions, asking the questions of your customers. I love that. What itches? Where's the pain point? And then create the teams inside that look at all of that and analyze all of the data that comes in and ask more questions. And, and so why? And so why aren't more people in business curious? Why aren't they curious? And I can tell you why they're not curious. One, they're either lazy, or number two, they're like gerbils on a treadmill, just doing it over and over and over again and eking out whatever small margins they can, and they don't have time to be curious. They just don't have time. So either they have no inclination, they're lazy, or or, or they're just unable to be curious because of the drudgery of just getting by. Going back to your first point, you, you talked about the importance of growing so that they've got the bandwidth and they're not having to worry about what's coming down the pike. So uh, that's releasing them from the urgency of the moment to make those important decisions. Let's talk to those business owners right now. How do you start to get away and, and get into that growth mode? Well, I mean, you've got to take a look at, uh, at what you're doing. You have to understand if, you, if you're growing 2 or 3%, uh, I mean, you're basically staying the same. And so you've got to be asking the question, how can we grow? A respectable level of growth is about 10%, uh, 7 to 10%. Uh, one of the things I've observed over the years uh, in studying all of these companies is that the greater the amount of growth, the greater the amount of employee engagement that you have and the fewer people problems you have because when something is really going well i mean listen when the money is rolling in the door and you're having growth it one it covers up a lot of mistakes two everybody's having a lot of fun they're much less likely to leave if they believe there's going to be continued opportunity so you you've really got to be serious about achieving seven to ten percent growth every year now that's not necessarily easy to do, but what you have to be is you have to be intentional about it. And and you have to make sure that everything has become a, a, a system. So if you have a product or service that, that people or other businesses need, if you can price it competitively, if you can create an incredible value proposition, and then if you have an incredible sales force, I mean, you'll be able to achieve that 7 to 10% growth. But there's a lot of ifs in there. Most people put up with sales forces that they shouldn't put up with. Uh, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago where a great business guy said, look, right now, he said, I've got some people who shouldn't be here. And he said, I'm afraid to let them go uh, because I don't know who I can replace them with. I mean, that's, that's a conundrum. And uh, so you have to, I mean, all attentions have to be on the person, on, on the people, the team that are selling your product or services. And so, I mean, 
Do you have a good product or service? Does the marketplace want it? Is it fairly priced? Do you have an overwhelming value proposition that's greater than your competitor? And do you have a sales force that can get the job done? Well, those are the, good, those are the things that have to be systemized, systematized because those are the things that are going to determine if you're going to achieve the growth, which is going to keep people engaged, which is going to allow you to be prepared to be studying f- future opportunities. Again, you have to look at what you're doing right now as as the bank, as the financing source for your future. And uh, so it, it just has to get done or else just accept, accept the fact that you're going to get passed by and uh, you're going to become totally irrelevant. Thank you for sharing the wisdom uh, of what these high-performing companies are doing and how we can implement it in our businesses. Any final thoughts for us? Yeah. I, in fact, I uh, was actually going to, you always ask me if there's any final thoughts and I actually jotted something down and what I jotted down, you can hear me wrestling through the papers here and I can't find it. So I'll just, I'll just wing it. Uh, this week, this year has made me more excited uh, about great companies, about great ideas, about being disruptive, about the future. I, I am more excited than I've ever been in my life at this revolution that we're part of. It's, um, gosh, it's neat. That is the required mindset. So thank you for that. That's a great way to, to end it. And uh, I will uh, remind folks that you can always reach out to Jason by email. He is pretty quick to respond. Jason at jason-jennings.com is the address. How is that inbox looking? Uh, a little, <laughs> a little edgy this week because of those 20 to 24, uh, interviews that, that I was doing, but you know what? I, I, I am just relentless. I get back to everybody. I stay on top of it. It's just, I don't want to look at the number down in the lower left-hand corner of the screen because there's a lot of the little puppies in there right now. Very good. All right. Well, Hey, thank you so yeah. much. You can also subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or at jason-jennings.com slash iTunes so that you get the latest episode. While you are there, would you leave a review for this podcast on your favorite podcast listening app? When you leave a review, it will help the podcast show up higher so that other people looking for this type of information will find it more easily. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today is called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how you your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event. Visit the website, jason-jennings.com. This is the Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to the Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.